What's up, party people? It's Talib Kweli, the BKMC, the MCEO. I love the fact that y'all checking out the People's Party and showing us a lot of love. You know what we do? We bringing you all the live guests. We bringing you the best podcast on the internet. Just make sure you subscribe and leave a review. People's Party, Talib Kweli. Let's go. Peace and love, party people. This is Talib Kweli, the MCEO, the BKMC. You are now in tune to another wonderful, fantastic episode of The People's Party featuring myself and my lovely and talented co-host, Jasmine Lee. Give it up for Jasmine Lee. What's up, Jasmine? Hey, how you doing? What you drinking over there? Uh, you know, I just have a little mimosa for the morning. I guess it's 5 o'clock p.m. somewhere. Somewhere, baby. Actually, it's brunch time, so it doesn't have to be Okay. <laughs> um, today, we're going to have a good time, Jazz, because we have... An actual renaissance man in the mm-hmm. house. A lot of people say they renaissance men. A lot of people want to be that. But we have an actual living and breathing renaissance man in the house. This man is a champion. He's won NBA titles with teams three different decades. Three different decades he's done this. Four times. Mm-hmm. Three different teams. He's been in every quadrant of the media. From the movies to stand up to reality TV to sports TV. This man has quite the resume most of all he's known as a person who is passionate about his causes he's not scared to attach his name to things that he believes in mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen people's party welcomes john sally Woo! yes yes oh, yes what up i love the intro you like it i do it's hey well i only deserved. got five minutes let's get this <laughs> let's on. Oh quickest people's party ever <laughs> What's so, up? John, how you he feeling, man? Man, my life is grand. Thank you for having me. It's been a minute since I've seen you. Yeah. Um, I saw you earlier this year, uh, but before I saw you earlier this year, I hadn't seen you for a long time. Yeah. Um, recently, I stay out of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, you ever find, like, old video tapes, VHS tapes, and then you're, like, not sure what's on them? Yeah. I And, you know, except for the ones that have, like, the, um, you know, the little the, chalk X on it. Right. No, I know no. it's on that one. <laughs> right. The, the, right. One X or three. Right. We'll talk about that later in the interview. We get to the Wilt Chamberlain section. Yeah, later. yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, I've, I found literally, funny you say that, mm-hmm. uh, I was cleaning out what we would call a garage, mm-hmm. but it's uh, some other thing. I got like 200 VHS. And I have a, wow. a square television that plays VHS and DVD. Oh, wow. Okay. Because I won't let it go. I saw Big Daddy Kane had a 70s room on Instagram where he has like the old school 70s television and he's got the wicker chair that like Huey was sitting in and he's got the radiator and he's got the rotary phone. Really? Um, But I digress. I say that because I found some videotapes and I had them digitized so I could watch them. And one of them was your BET TV show. Oh my God. And I was on it. Yes. And that may have been the first time I'd ever performed on television. On late night television. 2000. Yeah, year 2000. Reflection Eternal dropped. And the funny shit is that whoever was doing the hosting, the whoever's announcing the name, she said, next up we have Talib and Kwali and <laughs> <laughs> But then you also were struggling with my name. Because when, uh, the when last I was one. new. Right. I had never been out. And um, you you know, I said I'm from Brooklyn. You're like, I'm, I'm from Brooklyn. And then High Tech, you you say you're from Cincinnati. He said, Yeah, you said, why? Why why don't why do you still live in Cincinnati? Why are you living there? Yeah, why the hell are you in Ohio? Yeah, you did you said that to him. But you're from Brooklyn. I'm from Brooklyn, man. And I this so crazy, uh, because I was thinking, okay, Talib Kwali. 
Kavanaugh. All right, get it, get it, get it. There's so many, <laughs> so many names. Do you, do you remember this? Not only do I remember it, somebody's uh, placed. I interviewed Shine. Okay. Oh, Shine. And shout out to Jamal. Yeah, man. I interviewed Shine, and I watched the whole piece because I got him to talk about his his who he was. Mm-hmm. And then I was realizing when I was doing interviews, when you interview uh, a MC, a rapper. I'm going to say rapper because it's 2019. Okay. You can a rapper. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> dog. I no disrespect to your hey, man, art. I, I'm not mad at it. I call it rap, hip-hop, all of that. Right. So when you interview a rapper, they have designed their persona mm-hmm. that they put out to the audience, mm-hmm. and they got to stay in that group. That's right. It's like an actor has a characterization. Right. A sense of memory. You build a backstory. You got to mm-hmm. stick to it. You got to mm-hmm. stick to it. But it's the best thing. It's funny you say that. As a film actor, should never do television. My okay. opinion. Because... Why would I pay? Eddie Murphy said it. Why would you pay to see me if you can see me for free? Mm. Uh, Jack Nicholson, mm-hmm. uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, those guys don't do interviews. There's some people that say that we're in a golden age of television, though, and that the television that's happening now is better than the movies. Like the Netflix shows, uh, like for Dolomite, they decided to release it in theaters, but originally it was just supposed to be on Netflix, I believe. And that was like a blockbuster budget. So I, I did a... I'm on this series right now, dropping it, um, called uh, <laughs> call L.A. Finest with Gabrielle Union and oh. Jessica Albert. It's on Spectrum okay. 1. And everyone, I tell people that, they go, what's Spectrum? Which is crazy mm-hmm. because you always knew what the cable was. Now it's so many things to pull from mm-hmm. that when you say Netflix or you say whether you're going to pay for parking, wait in line, get bad popcorn, mm-hmm. get in a mm-hmm. seat with somebody talking, or you're going to sit at home and enjoy and your bathroom. Postmate. If you have a privilege of having a nice TV with the sound and you could have the movie quality screens and all mm-hmm. that, you we didn't s- have that back then. You can scratch yourself. <laughs> you can sit there naked. Be naked, smoke a joint. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a joint. I mean, I'm from. we from Brooklyn. We used to smoke in the theaters. You still do. Shut up. If you're cool. Oh, back in the day? That is out of control. Oh, yeah. Kenmore, yeah. Church Ave, oh. Kings Plaza? Oh. Are we smoking in them theaters? You went oh, to my Canarsie God. I went right? to Canarsie High and I used to get chased from Kings County. That's so funny. By the white boys or by the black dudes? Italians. Italians, Wait. right? The Kings Highway boys. Yes. I ain't even going to say the white guys. They were Italian guys. No, and that's what I... Remember I said that we had... Who we have on there? I said when, you, when you're living in New York and you have problems with white people, it's Italians. It was uh, Melanie. Yeah, we had Melanie Fiona on. Oh, yes. Um, but Canarsie High School was my zone high school. And you went to South Shore? I didn't go to South Shore. I went to Brooklyn Tech. But I went to Roy H. Mann Junior High School. Oh, so you you're 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 not just smart in your rhymes. You're smart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm smart. I'm I'm I'm, I'm the like, yeah. <laughs> I'm the bare minimum of smart. Because uh, my brother got into Bronx Science and Stuyvesant. Wow. Who does? He's not a. So you let the family world. down. Yeah, I'm the I'm the black sheep. I'm the hip hop version of my brother. Let know? me tell you, my boy Sam used to run Brooklyn Tech. I mm-hmm. used to date a girl, two girls from Brooklyn. Oh my Tech. gosh! Oh, At the same time. But it was dating in the in the in the eighties. You right. really dated. You didn't get none. <laughs> You right. just you go held, on dates. You held hands. Just going yes. out for date, um, uh, movies. Who is now working in the court system, well, in the jail system, helping mm-hmm. people with mental health. Her name is Sonya Davey. I gave mm-hmm. her a shout out. I don't care. Shout to Sonya. I don't care if you get a beat up by your boyfriend. <laughs> no, I'm joking. And then uh, Leslie uh, Irish, who okay. is who was lived in Crown Heights, a in the in the middle of the Orthodox Jews. Right. First time I had been in a brownstone. Mm-hmm. Uh, they went to Brooklyn Tech. Okay, and I was like, "Wow, you guys are pretty and smart." But Sam was like, "It was a tough school." My brother Ron graduated from Brooklyn Tech in the seventies. I think he was like the third black person or something. Okay, like that. Yeah, yeah, man. Tough school. Brooklyn Tech is where the Decepticons started. Yeah, yeah. 
the, the gang. It took over the city in the 80s. What's the name of the gang? The Decepticons. That's just too hard to say. Like, how Nah, man, you... if you, we was into Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's we was into Transformers early. So us from Brooklyn is like, when Michael Bay started making his Transformers movies, we was like, that ain't gangster. We know the gangsta. real gangsters. Yeah. You know what I'm I remember Spike trying to get everybody, you come to Brooklyn and buy these brownstones. I was yep. like, you want me to come to Fort Greene and spend money and not get robbed for it? What did like, Jay Z say in the, in the story of OJ? Should've. What mm-hmm. I'm looking like now, Dumbo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dumbo. <laughs> for real. Um, so I am not a basketball person. Me either. Okay. I didn't know that about you. <laughs> no, I, I play sports, mm-hmm. I played basketball, but I wanted to rhyme, paint, oh, act. Wow. Mm-hmm. If if I wasn't so tall, it would have been dance. Mm-hmm. Like I was on that tip, but my whole family were athletes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you couldn't, back then they would call it, man, you would be with those fairies, you know, that mentality mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you had being um, creative right. uh, was making you too sensitive. So I played right. basketball because my whole family played football and that was outside and there wasn't enough women and it was cold <laughs> and they want to hit you. And so I played basketball. Serious business. Right. Like I know wow. nothing. It's going to be, we're going to talk, but they found this out on Fox mm-hmm. that I don't really you know. you doing the show? That I don't really know sports. Okay. I just know how to play it. Mm-hmm. That's interesting because I, I know basketball is permeates the culture in so many ways mm-hmm. that I know p- pop culture moments and events and people in basketball, but I don't know the sport. I know I know baseball well. I play. I grew up playing Little League in Brooklyn, but I couldn't tell you who plays on any team now because I don't pay attention at all. I do know the fundamentals, though. Oh. Um, speaking of hip-hop, you said when we were on that show, I, I shouted out Jay Dilla. Yes. And you said that when you were in Detroit, you had a record label, you signed Slum Village. Slum Village was my first group, mm-hmm. and, and Jay Dilla... Uh, God rest in peace. Rest in peace, Jay I, I, Rest in peace, I, Dave New York, too. I thought this was the most creative producer I had ever heard. Mm-hmm. And he was sampling. And oh. I was like, I don't even know if people know if they can find the samples he was doing. And yeah. then I brought him to New York, and they didn't hear it. They mm-hmm. signed Digital Planets. Not saying anything was wrong right. with Digital D- Planets. Diggable Planets. Yeah, Diggable right. Planets. I still don't understand any of their songs. Uh, <laughs> it's cool like that. It's cool like that's I all I remember, that one scene. Like Me, I got crew, kid, seven and a crescent. <laughs> that's where it comes from. But I, I love Dilla. My my other favorite group, Black Star. Oh, thank you. I told you that. I got yes. that. I went uh, in on BT little, when I was on the show because yeah. they, was, they was advertising BT as Black Star Power. <laughs> and I went on and I was like, look, y'all late. <laughs> <laughs> I love uh, uh, Little Brother. Yes. Their new uh, album is fantastic. I, I was one of those cats. It was so funny. No, there's a, I'm going to give her a shout out. Melissa Ford. Yeah, shout oh. out to Melissa Ford. Underground hip hop Real hip hop head. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Common Electra too. Absolutely. I'm sitting around having conversations. She's a B girl. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I swear to God, I had no idea. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I love underground hip hop. I love battle rap. My daughter went to Afro Punk. I didn't go because, you know, I'm a recovering. Which one in New York? Yeah, I'm a recovering addict. Too many women. Hmm. Too many women. Wait. I'm being nice to my wife now. Yeah, a lot of nice looking women at Afro Punk. Um, <laughs> um, what, do you pay attention to any of the current battle rap scene? Yeah. Okay. Uh, like like A-verb, Cassidy and Averb and all them. Averb. Okay. Um, uh, DNA. Mm-hmm. Uh, shoot. I started. I started following Turf. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always like Calico, and he's back. I like yeah, that. Calico, dope. But like, I literally went downtown to a battle. Mm. I go wherever it is. Is to me, it brings me back to when I would go to Prentice High School in in uh, in Manhattan, or I would go to Broadway mm-hmm. International. 
and hear cats. I I, I go everywhere for hip hop. Mm, that's Definitely. real. Um, you went from Canarsie to Georgia Tech. Yeah, I was pretty smart too. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought I'd mention that. <laughs> now, when you got to Georgia Tech, correct me if I'm wrong, but they were one of the worst teams in Ever. the country. Yeah. And you brought them to number one. I yeah. agree with you. Yes. <laughs> and from what I understand, it's rare that a college team retires somebody's jersey, right. but they retired your jersey. Yeah, Mark Price, myself, and then they retired a couple of other mm -hmm. guys because they thought it was a cool thing to do. Coach Kerman said, if you retire, they had some old jerseys up there, man, mm -hmm. from the 60s. Right. He said, if you was, when you uh, graduate, I'm going to see about getting your number up there. So I went back. I had already been in the NBA two years, and I went each summer. Mm -hmm. And I went back, and as I was walking across the stage, they were raising my number. It's pretty mm -hmm. slick. Oh, that's super cool. That's dope, man. Yeah, man. Uh, I love going to Georgia Tech. It was quick. I just looked at it, it was like a prison sentence, not in a bad <laughs> way. I was like, four years, I'm right. going to be out. Right. And I was, I was four years, I'm going to be a pro. And to me, the, that was the only thing in between. I just needed to wait four years. Since mm -hmm. I was six, I knew I was going to be a pro. Mm -hmm. Then I turned 30. I was like, what am I going to do next? Mm. And now I'm, I'm 32. And, uh, <laughs> oh, we're the same age. I know. She just so turned 32. Cute. You turned 32? Wow. Yeah. I literally have sneakers older than you. <laughs> That's a real statement. Well, I have old, sneakers older than you. You know what you should do is you should cut them in half and refurbish them and send them to me and then I can fit them. <laughs> Would you so. need a sofa? You need a sofa? I'm talking about the sneakers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 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 oh, my shoes up. When you were in um, Detroit, mm -hmm. y'all were called the Bad Boys. Yeah. Why? David Stern was the uh, commissioner of the NBA, mm -hmm. and the fouls, the world started changing in the mm -hmm. NBA. Um, we became international. Mm -hmm. and, and people may have thought we were international. We were, but it became a thing that they were targeting the rest of the world. Right. You can't have insubordination. You can't talk back to the referee. Mm. You can't yell and scream and pout. So it's changing. Yeah, in the Asian market. Mm -hmm. That's that's disrespectful. Mm -hmm. um, so it started changing, and two of my guys kept getting fines, kept getting fines. And he was like, these guys are just like bad little boys. And so our documentary that uh, – uh, NBA Entertainment did in 1988 was called Bad Boys mm -hmm. and had Isaiah on the cover. Mm -hmm. So that became our name. And okay. Bill Lambert was like, you know what? We the Raiders of the NBA. Mm. So that's going to be our mentality. I get that reference. <laughs> it's, so, <laughs> it's so funny that uh, basketball players are always like the rebels because in our high school, like the football players were the ones that were more listened to the rules and the basketball players were the rebels. And my theory is just that when you're a basketball player, like, you can learn to just play on the streets. You don't have to really be in like, you know, necessarily team sports to learn, whereas football to learn the necessities, you really got to be on the field. Yeah. Yeah. But basketball, you can just pick up a bis basketball and go out there and shoot on anything. And and it's so funny you say that. You can shoot on anything. You mm -hmm. don't even have to shoot it in a basket. Right. You know what I'm saying? Just to, you, you can be creative. You can figure it out. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a it's a poor man's sport. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a good. The difference why football players seem more regimented, uh, regimented, is there's 55 of them, mm. and they 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 it's like an army. In basketball, you have to find your individuality. And when I was on Detroit, you know, I had Dennis Rodman as a teammate mm -hmm. who um, found his individuality. And Absolutely. Everybody, we had a bunch of characters, 
that wanted to win. Mm-hmm. And that, that was the, the that was my favorite part of playing in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite teammates, Brian Shaw, Glenn Rice, Willie Burton. It was guys on Miami, mm-hmm. Ralph Lewis, Chuck Nevitt, also in Detroit. Uh, you know, I, I love all my, I love all my, I like all my teammates. Right. Um, I love everybody. No doubt. But love I, I is liked, love. Yeah, I liked, <laughs> I didn't realize how many people I had played against and with. Uh, but it's a different thing. So they call us that because the NBA's changed and it's international now. Uh, I don't want to say the wrong thing, but there's some teammates um, that you get thrown on the team with. Mm-hmm. You know, it's and, like working at being in an office, working at a cubicle. You yeah. got to go to work. You got to work next to this dude. Yeah, everybody not said, like him. What was your favorite team? I said I work for the NBA, so right. it was like being at IBM. Either I was in IBM in Minnesota, or IBM in Detroit, Chicago. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you won them. big every team you went. When yeah. when you I'm start, a winner. I'm yeah, a winner. You played to win. <laughs> Yes. Right when you were in Detroit and the Pistons and y'all won, y'all were in the fi- in the finals three years in a row. Yeah, right. And then there was this narrative that developed when you played the Bulls yeah. that Michael Jordan hated everybody on the team. Loved everybody. That was that's a false narrative. Yeah, he hated okay. Bill and Beer. Okay, he he didn't like well, no one liked Bill and Beer mm-hmm. at the time. Um, I just started liking the cat like a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but MJ loved our competitor our competitive spirit mm-hmm. he he liked that that was a challenge he liked mm-hmm. that he had to get up for it you know i get in a lot of trouble when i said he's not the greatest of all time he was the greatest of the 90s mm-hmm. you know i say that just to piss most people off okay. i know <laughs> you know what i'm saying i know uh-huh. but i'm 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 me i'm not gonna just totally agree and i'm a brooklyn cat you know you always got that guy yeah yeah down the street yeah yeah <laughs> I, you know i give numbers you know that yeah. kind of shit but I also saw on YouTube, there's this thing where you, uh, this guy sent me, once you punch your name in, anything that you've ever been on that's on YouTube pops up. Mm. And there's a video of him dunking on me. Oh. Literally, mm. don't look it up. I just saw eight <laughs> people go on their computer. I literally saw I'm that and then the ran it back. Uh-huh. I ran it back and was like, holy shit, he really did get me. Uh-huh. So in my park in Canarsie, in Bayview Project, if you got dunked on, you had to take your sneakers off and get out the park for a second. Mm. I, my brother, at the end of it, was like, you want to up them sneakers right there? <laughs> like, shut up. Go get the car. <laughs> What's a, uh, a story that you haven't shared with you and Michael Jordan, whether you're a teammate or opponent, where you just like are shaking your head like, oh, my God. You know what's so f- tripped out is the best thing also about being an NBA ball player is only 12 of you guys. Mm-hmm. So the the cliques are smaller, but the women are all the same. Meaning they all we all fish in the same pool, and um, the competition is like uh, West Side Story, like the Sharks and the Jets over like over. It was the craziest thing. Those are the only stories you ever get to. When I got to, uh, I think it was Minnesota. I went to a club, and each of the top players had their own section with a velvet rope. Oh, wow. And there was girls in that section looking at the girls in this section, looking at the girls in that, and I walked in thinking, I am going to take as much as I possibly can and try not to get beat up before I make it back to the limo. And I literally was like, you want to go back to the hotel? Free liquor. You want to go back to the hotel? Free liquor. You want to go <laughs> Free liquor. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but as far as with MJ, he, he plays cards. Mm-hmm. Him, Scotty, uh, Ron Harper. It was it's another difference with now. Dudes knew their worth and their value, and they stayed out of. If they can stay out of the eye, they stayed out of the eye. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to be out uh, at the club 
sitting there being stared at. Michael mm-hmm. didn't do that. Now, I feel like you went a different direction mm-hmm. and you were friends with the most famous black man on planet Earth. Yeah. Eddie Murphy, still friends with him, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and is is correct me if I'm wrong, but he inspired you to do stand-up? Yeah, man. Uh, Richard Pryor, <clears throat> uh, my boy Mitch Hill, shout out to Mitch Hill all the way back. But Mitch Hill had the Richard Pryor album and he had the he had the turntable in his room and mm-hmm. we would go over there and listen to Richard close to the speaker and laugh into the pillow because mm-hmm. you couldn't play <laughs> Could, it loud. Yeah. And I know every beat to Richard. You say beat like like you know your stand-up, yes. like it's a rhythm. I Yeah, it's yeah. a rhythm. That's why I love Dave Chappelle. Mm-hmm. Um, I watch him come back around. Right, his rhythm is one of the greatest ever. Right, he takes you here and you're like, whoa, and then he takes you here and oh, that Full shit. Journey. And he brings you right back to this joke mm-hmm. and he makes you see things the way he saw him without you feeling he's just picking on it. Like it's uh, the best thing about comedy is you're making jest of reality. You're, you're, you're laughing at the real thing, even though you shouldn't laugh at that. You should, you should laugh at everything. It keeps you alive longer. Uh, Jas- at least Jasmine's a comedian. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. I do. Funny. You say that. Get it. Oh. Don't, don't worry. Don't, boom. don't worry. <laughs> I'll, I'll teach a class later. Oh, uh, went over my head. <laughs> um, we, we're talking with a lot of comedians on the show, and 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 they all talk about that pain mm-hmm. that the comedy comes from. Yeah. Do you do you, does your po- comedy come from a place of pain? Yeah, I used to I used to manufacture pain um, mm. in my life to try to do that. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, but that's not me, and I'm not evil. Mm. And uh, not saying that comedians are evil <laughs> or wear weaves or nothing. But I'm, oh my god, this is not weave. How many times I, did you say that? I know or wigs. I said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh shit! No, but what 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 I mean by that is like they have this hurt spot. Mm-hmm. I know how important my life is. I was raised a Jehovah Witness. Mm. Oh, wow. So that means I learned to lie to people about God at a young age. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, I shout would, out to Awake in the Watchtower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was... Well, buck up. <laughs> um, but I, I, I literally would try to find the things to make you happy. Mm-hmm. And, and there's not that many happy comedians out there. So, and I would laugh. I would literally be on the road and everybody else would go in the strip joint or to the nightclub mm-hmm. and I was going to the comedy spot going, can I get five minutes? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's me. Yeah, it's like, and I wanted to do it. And it's it, it's harder than playing basketball. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, because people are just sitting there staring at you. You've played basketball that. in the NBA before? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people. Yeah. No, because you use your body and you train to use your body, but when you're on stage, mm-hmm. you, you have to deal with energy. Are there any good lessons you got from Eddie? Yeah. Okay. Um, laugh. Mm. Eddie, uh, one time I was uh, uh, around Eddie, he said something, he goes, oh, that's hilarious. And he would dissect in why it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you're not just going to laugh at it? He goes, I did, I did. I thought it was funny. I thought that shit was funny. But <laughs> now I want to know why it was funny right. and where it hit. And then I learned um, literally talk about what you know. Mm-hmm. Kevin Hart, mm-hmm. don't talk, you know, don't make no shit up. Talk about what you know. What you know it's funny enough. And right. Relatable. And we we do know Kevin Hart's life because even with his new special, yeah. he talks about every, every year he grows and changes and shifts and bends in his life and we know about it because if yeah. you're a fan of his, his specials. Yeah. Um, you were in a Luther Vandross video. That's that was, quite an honor. I was, thank you. And, uh, uh, <laughs> 
oh my god and the deal is they said luther wants you in the video and mm-hmm. i was like doing what <laughs> and he was like you know he had this scene where he's talking to this girl and like you're like his boy and I was like, who designed that video? <laughs> Y'all will get the joke in a second. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm good at being a beard. And so I would see it. Beard weave. Yeah. And I, I thought it was great. Daphne DuPlay was in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Gossel was in it. Mm. Um, oh, it was dope. And I, I loved it. I was in an LL Cool J video too. Word? And I asked him to edit me out. Why? we shot it in right next to the jungle at a pool and I got there and I realized I I shouldn't be in this video. <laughs> like I'm too old to be in this video. I think I was like 36. It was no cuz I I literally when mm-hmm. they we shot and then they I was supposed to be a lifeguard and I'm pointing at these bad kids jumping in the pool. And then they came down and said we're going to change the camera and I was in my car and already home. <laughs> so that scene got cut out. But uh yeah, the Luther thing, man, I just, Ron put me in. He was like, I, I want you to do this. With, and he's one of my favorite people. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I love and I know Luther. And so I couldn't wait to be in it. Yeah, I, I, it was his comeback album. It was pretty slick. Mm. Rest in peace to Luther. Yes, man. Uh, was it a strange era back then for black celebrities? Because you felt like you had to be uh, liked by, had to be accepted by white people to really be famous. And how would you compare uh celebrity in the 80s 90s to now in the 2000s okay <clears throat> we had we have this thing i couldn't wait for this question <laughs> i'm serious i i i overslept for this interview. <laughs> the the situation that you just mentioned had to be accepted by white folks i realized is why i changed everything i did is that everything in the world that is hot african-americans have made it hot. Oh, yeah. That's absolutely true. Every, there's not a thing that you can't touch. Look how big Obama was. Mm-hmm. And they they tied, They he was, his hands were tied. Mm-hmm. And he, when we do it, it's different. Music, you go to Africa now, they're rhyming like like y'all. Mm-hmm. They, they're on that beat. They may have their beats, but their cadence and the words and what they're, they're, the pictures they're painting. Mm-hmm. Um, sports, everything. So I realized if we were accepted by ourselves my mother was born in 1923 she said integration destroyed the black community Mm -hmm. and she said we keep having this thing where white folks are the barometer they're the pole Mm -hmm. they're the temperature and if you don't do that white people love black things black people Mm -hmm. love white things they think that's better Mm -hmm. man don't man don't ask your color Mm-hmm. Don't embarrass me in front of these white folks. This whole thing that don't embarrass me in front of this. Don't don't put me in in this situation. Um, I just was me. Black people like me. White people like me. Mostly white women. But right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to speak more on that. The whole um, integration destroyed the black community because yeah. this is a very popular sentiment amongst people, uh, not just your mother, right. but people our age mm-hmm. are, are saying that and people younger than us are saying mm-hmm. that. And I'm not hearing when your mother says that or when you repeat it that you're pro-segregation. No. Because I think, and I think that's very important to note because there's nuances to that to that conversation. That's what the People's Party is here for. Oh, yeah. It's very possible and maybe even very necessary right. for us to acknowledge that 
when integration happened, you know, trying to uh, have black people in white spaces where we're already looked at as less than, it becomes harder to compete. We're, we're adding a new level of competition. And then we have white teachers come into our neighborhoods who don't care about our children, who are teaching our kids. We have, you know, uh, it's, it's the idea that what Dr. King said, we're integrating into a burning house. Right. Um, but it's very possible to say that and also say, you know what, I'm not saying that white people and black people should live separate, but we have to understand that it's possible to have be pro-black, right. have black businesses, have an understanding for black culture, celebrate our, our diversity, celebrate yeah. our, 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 our history, right. celebrate our business mm-hmm. and, and without being anti-white. Right. So I said, I'm, I'm, I'm pro-black. I'm not anti-white. Right. And, and, and go ahead. What were you about to say, Jack? I was just going to uh, add on to that because uh, when they did uh, integrate, we had our own banks, we had our own businesses and all of that. Like we wanted to just only be accepted by white people. And it's always talked about, oh, you want to seat at their table. And it's like now the narrative is changing. It's like build your own table. Like if Oscars are so white, then why do we care about the Oscars? We make the Oscars so big because that's what you're putting emphasis on. If you don't want to have to worry about an award show where they're not awarding black talent, then make our own award show. Even that, they <clears throat> they do award black, and I remember that when they were talking that um, in Hollywood. But Hollywood has always, because you see it. You know, I saw a billboard going downtown. It said, don't believe what you hear, believe what you see. It's mm-hmm. a Scientology billboard, right? Mm-hmm. See how we act. See how we handle our business, as opposed to believing what some disgruntled or people who have been in this—I'm not going to call them disgruntled, uh, disgruntled—but um, what you see, mm-hmm. the mentality is that there are Jewish bonds for Israel. Mm-hmm. No one says anything. That's fine. That's fine. There are banks that are Spanish. There are banks that are Korean. They can give you a business loan. Right. There's only one black bank, I think, that can give you a business loan. There are... Uh, in Brooklyn, a, we had Carver's. Yeah. Uh, but there's credit unions. There's more like credit I think unions, it's just right? the black b- right. bank or something The like deal that. is, I my daughter and I have this uh, cannabis company called Deuces 22. Mm-hmm. I said on Sway Show, we're black, our business is business. The, 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 the cool part is that we're the black... We're black people. That's cool. But we don't really call it a black business. And the reason we don't do it is because Morgan Freeman said, if you want to stop racism, stop talking about it. Mm. That's not going to stop racism. Right. But it's also not going to give you a situation to um, literally hide beside something or consider it lesser than because it's black, too. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was at BET, uh Everybody was, oh, you know, it's BT. I was like, you can't really say that because I was on Fox and we were late too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. It, right. yes it's, it's show business. Right. right. We, we also build in and live into our own stereotypes. I'm moving to Africa in January to Ghana. I've never been. Congratulations, brother. Thank you. I'm That's literally, beautiful. I'm going next two weeks oh, wow. uh, for the first time, uh, buying my land, uh, hopefully seeing a whole bunch of land and buying it and then figuring out what I, what I want to build. Mm-hmm. But I just decided that I'm going to vacation in Africa. I love it. For the next 50 years. I love it. We were talking to Melanie Fiona about how us as artists, 
we get booked in Europe all the time. She's from Guyana and she was like, I've never been booked to perform in Guyana. And I'm like, at a, at a certain point, we get to this point in our career. When, when you first start out, you don't have the, the relationships or the resources. You get to this point in your career, you start seeing that it becomes our job to say, it's because my job as an artist yeah. to say, I'm not waiting for some African promoter who didn't have the same American opportunity and privilege that I had to try to book me I need to go over there and and make and, the opportunity yeah, yeah. Yassine Bey did it he spent a lot of time right. and moved to Africa um, but speaking back about the cannabis business your daughter I've heard her speak she sees herself within the scope of history right. you know the idea of a black woman She, I've heard her speak about a hundred years ago she couldn't vote Mm-hmm. Now she can own this company and she understands the historical significance of that. Yeah. Um, Smartest girl in the house. Yeah, she's she was very smart in the interview. Yeah. Um, you, in the, in, in the intro, I talked about the fact that with, with stuff like that, whatever you're passionate about, you're like, John yeah. Sally is doing this. I'm publicly, I'm, you show up, we got the t-shirt on. Yeah. You know. I, I had to think Love about what t-shirt, t-shirt to wear here too. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm putting this on. But I do. Yeah. I, let me tell you why. Mm-hmm. I realized this is the only life I have. When I made a decision to become a pro ball player, mm-hmm. and then I was getting closer to it, I realized I was one in a million mm-hmm. in America. There was 379 million black people at that time, mm-hmm. and it was only 372 professional basketball players. I realized I was one in a million. Literally. You really did the in America. I'm literally one in a literally. million. Literally. And, I, and I never shit that away. So I didn't smoke weed until my last month as an NBA player, I was 36 years old. Mm. That's how crazy it was for me. You were early, though, on the cannabis Thank activism. You. Yeah, I was early because I was lied to. Mm. I believed um, my brother got in trouble smoking weed, and I believe it was the thing that was ruining us. You mm-hmm. guys get caught up over a stupid plant. Right, especially people of color. Everyone thinks that until they smoke it. And then it's like, no, this is like relaxing and it saves relationships. I felt like, yeah, I felt like Eve. I literally felt like, oh, I now know why you don't want me to eat the apple. I can see everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I I also realized time is fleeting. So if I see something I'm interested into it, I realized that I had really good mental health, which is a rare thing Mm -hmm. on this planet. And I had really good focus. So I mentally can see it, and then I was able to focus and go on it. And mm-hmm. I, I have to do it, because if I don't do it, then the next kid behind me doesn't know he can. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that you are able to acknowledge that it's a black business, but you're not. that's not like the marketing plan. Like mm-hmm. It's not like, check out our black business. But I think it's important for us to know the story of you and your daughter, and that it is a black business because of what you just said, because yeah. so many of us led the charge, led the way in terms of legalization. We're, mm-hmm. we're on the other side of a prohibition era. Mm-hmm. So many black and brown people locked up for years and, and white people are, you know, are making money now. And you're someone who has the resources and relationships to say, hey, I'm going to bring this a black family into this. Right. You know, and, I'm, and we ran, I said to her, I said this, <clears throat> I'm sorry to, you know, get in the way of you traveling and hanging out, but we need you to be Think about where the world is right now. Mm-hmm. The Me Too movement, um, the way they can pull up things that you don't even know exist, mm-hmm. uh, woman power. Mm-hmm. I just told my daughter, say, hey, uh, don't invest. You want to invest in my future. and This is what I want my future to be. And once she said that, I said, there's no turnaround. Mm-hmm. It's not like, no, I go back to college. I was like, no, you have to be. And so, so this she, was her idea. This was... Yeah, I would say to make it a company, not just not just to go smoke the best weed. Mm-hmm. 
but to make it. <laughs> that was my idea. Yeah, that was my idea. That's what I taught I know where it's no at. No Reggie. Yeah, we started shooting our own show. That's interesting what you just said with my yeah. son. I, I told, I catch my son smoking some bullshit weed. Nah, I'm like, nigga. yo. Yeah. You ain't got to like pops, just holler at me. Yeah. I said that. I said, I said, if you're going to have a marijuana, uh, a cannabis experience, it should be literally the best you can possibly be. Mm-hmm. She's getting on it now. She, the people are talking about her in the top 50 women in cannabis. Wow. She's it's beautiful. Social equity, mm-hmm. right? When we talk about it, we became a part of it so we could bring as many people that look like us into the business without a chip on their shoulder. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, hey, you can do this. This is where right. it go. And and don't hit me. Man, you know, if I were, I, I don't deal with any negativity. If you see it, recognize it, move around it, or knock it out. Mm-hmm. Right up. There's no, Solid no other advice. way. Yeah, no no other way about it. Um, You were one of the first people in the league uh, after basketball to say, I'm going to be bigger in media, maybe, even than I was in basketball, and you yeah. you were no slouch in basketball. I appreciate that. Some yeah. people think I was, but you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> no, you were definitely no slouch. And I'm yeah. not, again, I'm not someone who knows basketball, but I know pop culture. And I know for people to, to leave the realm of basketball and to make it into my realm, mm-hmm. there's a skill level involved there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like they just, know, yeah, it's, it has to be. Um, did you write your own playbook for that transition? Or are there, are there athletes that you look to before you you know, Jim Brown, Jim Brown, OJ Simpson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched everything OJ did. Mm-hmm. Shout out to OJ. Pre- oh. OJ was <laughs> yeah, OJ. Like yeah, they, they <laughs> right. I think, I think the show OJ. I think it was great on what they did. Are you talking about the FX thing? The FX. Oh, Cuba Gooding. Yeah, Cuba Gooding oh, was, was great. Amazing. Oh, I love that because they hammed it up. Right, but it we was, don't know if very he theatrical. said, I'm not black, I'm OJ. And if he did say it, mm-hmm. at that time, he transcended color. He mm-hmm. he was, they were like, oh, that's OJ. Yeah, it's not like, like he was saying, I'm not black, I'm white. Right. He was like, right. I'm over everything. He right. was like, I'm OJ. Like, dog, don't, don't, right. don't define me. If he said that, I don't think Warner From what I read, that. he said it. They they took creative license. He didn't say it in the in the scene the way that Cuba did it. Right. Um. But but it, again, it's like it's like you read stuff that someone heard him say it. It's right. not like and he's on record. Is Dennis it. Rodman black? He's Dennis, Dennis Rodman. Rodman. He's, he's Korean. Exactly. He is. He, <laughs> he's he? a black hue. He's but a black it, Korean. It, it, is he really? It doesn't hold him to that. It's he is this. You know, like Elvis is this, mm-hmm. and Prince is like this. I didn't totally believe it until I got into it. I walked into a room. And Beyonce was in there, oh, and that's wow. she was a Destiny child. Mm-hmm. And I was with Boris Kojo, and he was like this hot model, and uh, model of the year in 1998, and it's 2001, <laughs> and I'm hanging right. with a dude that literally he walks in the room, and, and then women like fall toward it. It was Michael Jackson walked <laughs> like in the room. Sunflowers. Yeah, uh. <laughs> Michael Jackson walked in the room, and the whole everything in the room changed. Mm-hmm. Everyone drops their panties. No, my arm moved. I was like, what? Something doesn't feel right. And right. Like, Michael's in here. So there's certain people who molecules change the room. Mm. And and certain guys like, you know, I know this is an avatar. The fact that mine happens to be as prettier than most <laughs> is one thing, but you know, it's a blessing I have. Right. And but it's just an avatar. Just mm. like like your boy Kanye said, when you're buying clothes, you're talking about an expense, it's just a garment. Right. Mm. Um, but it's just an avatar. And it depends on how you literally see yourself as a as a human being human right now how did you navigate 
best damn sports show so well without, like you said, knowing your shit. Because we got the class. So this is the deal. Uh-huh. <laughs> Fox doesn't have the NBA. So I don't have to know who they are. Mm. We had Richard Jefferson on. And I know it's Richard Jefferson. I've seen him before. But when I was reading the teleprompter and, you know, I was like, Jefferson, Richard. like, And they thought I was being funny. (laughs) I literally was like, y'all wrote it wrong on the teleprompter. Who's coming on? And they were like, it's Richard Jefferson. I was like, oh. (laughs) At that time, I was like, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm trying... Trying all kind of different things. I navigated it because we were able to make fun, and I always was able to make fun. And we found the way to make fun of the thing that we take so serious. They take sports more serious. September 11th happened. You know what the question was? When they're going to play baseball? Yeah. I, Are we going to pick back up the football game? It's amazing to me as someone. I, you know, I have a great respect for sports, and I played basketball. I mean, excuse me, baseball or soccer. Uh, coming up, growing up, and I, you know, I understand. The you know what sports gives to people. Right. I understand the reward and the feeling, and it's, it's good. It's good for development and strength, and mm-hmm. teamwork is great and everything. Um, Something to believe in too. All all of that, uh, but it uh, bugs me out. <laughs> like ESPN bugs me to fuck out. The idea that you could have a whole day of programming of people just talking about sports mm-hmm. is very strange to me. I try to imagine like that for hip hop. You know, I would get bored of that. But they rerun the stories, too. I know, but it's the same. When I was on Fox, um, on Best Damn Sports Show, we would watch ESPN at 10 Mm o'clock. We have our meeting at 1 o'clock, depending on how the story had developed since the 10 Mm o'clock story that we were going to do starting at 2 o'clock. So it's the same story, piled on, piled on, piled on. I was watching uh, LeBron James' show in the Mm -hmm. barbershop. And he had um, oh, uh, AB. Brown? So we just yeah, oh, Antonio, Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown. <laughs> Antonio Brown with the, with the blonde mustache yeah. and the. He's got some problems going on right now. And then I saw Odell on there mm-hmm. with the blonde hair and mm-hmm. the earring. He's a cool dude. And, it, and I I just kept watching it and I go, why is it always wide receivers? And what happens that they then wake up and say this is bullshit? Mm-hmm. Like this is not real. And then they say, man, the media can paint you any way they want to paint you. And they can get you and all this. And I realized, yeah, man, we're the new show. Mm-hmm. It wasn't before when you go, oh, he's a ball player. Oh, who you play for? Oh, yeah, I don't like that team. Now you're a movie star. You have a publicist. You have a manager. You have uh, a stylist. Mm-hmm. You have a makeup artist. Um, you have an STD. All kind of things <laughs> these guys have. <laughs> It's like reality TV. Right. And you've done a lot of reality TV yourself. Because like, I thought it was the future. What did you think about that world and how did you navigate through it? I um I did a reality show called I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of It, when I was literally on it. And I cried on TV, um, which was a big mistake for me. My mother told me never cry on television. Nobody <laughs> wants to see that shit. She was right. Uh, I hosted, I, I did another one like, she's a lady. Uh where they had all these guys say, what would you do for 250000 I'll do whatever it takes. And they were like, good, put on a dress, makeup, and you got to be a lady for a month. Uh, <laughs> I, I know. That's such, a woke, saw That's it, such right? a woke show. Oh I was like, God. wow. Yeah, imagine yeah. that show in the Me Too era. Imagine that. Right. <laughs> and so it's, 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 and then when I Hosting did Basketball, basketball Wives Reunion, I, you know what? I thought I was funny. You were funny. Pharrell said it. to me, this is like this is what I'm saying. I am a fan of music. Or people will uh-huh. tell you, like, I'll go to every concert buy and I buy the records. I don't just 
I buy him so I know I can I contribute. He was like, yo, you a funny dude. You be getting at him. And then I saw this girl was, was just going off, said I was talking down to the women and I was clowning them. Of course I was clowning them. <laughs> so what clown show themselves. are you watching? Like, this, you're not laughing at this <laughs> they bullshit? Right, right. It's straight bullshit. Yeah. Um, what, do you think that that type of reality TV can and has been corrosive? It has destroyed everything. Mm. It destroyed it to the point where they want to blame the Kardashians. Mm -hmm. And it's not their fault. No. All right. they did is put a camera on they their lives. They're coming mm -hmm. up. On, on. And everybody imitated. Mm -hmm. I didn't know. I watched, um, I'm not going to say the show because, you know, I love her, Love and Hip Hop. Um, <laughs> oh, I watch Love and Hip Hop. Who are we talking about? Man, I was talking to my boy Flocka. Flocka oh, was like, dog, you should read beautiful. the contract. This is a slave contract. Oh, yeah. wow. They locked in for 15 years. Like They were telling me all the things that happened. And I was like, man, they got the best clothes on. I've seen some of the best YouTube makeup jobs ever. <laughs> I see. <laughs> That's where they started. Right. And I was like, man, there's a lot going on. And we literally are involved in thinking this is the way to act. Right. It's not. It's cheaper to do reality shows, number one. That's why they're so big. And two, that also, you cannot blame the reality shows. That falls on the parents because if you instill values in your ch your children, then you're going to watch TV and be like, okay, this is how I shouldn't act or, oh, I should watch this. Like, I watch it like my stories. You know what I mean? Because my right. mother raised me to know this is not how you act if you want to be a right. lady or whatever. But what if you don't have parents? You know, like, I'm, I'm someone who's blessed to have both parents. My parents are wonderful people but i have a friend of mine named dave dar who it was my engineer back in the day and i remember working with him early in reflection eternal and black star and i was talking about my father he was like man i don't know my father at all he said hip-hop's my father hip-hop raised me and he said i got my value system from hip-hop mm. now shout out to dave dar because he's a freaky little motherfucker on his instagram page oh. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. like, he, I, he's grown into like a freak lately i've been like yo dave i gotta unfollow you like a <laughs> Put that. your dick away. I'm you know, he's, he's a good guy. And, and hip-hop at that point, the hip-hop we were into at that point was BDP and Tribe Called Quest right. and Rakim and Kane. And so it wasn't it wasn't like always pretty, but it gave us a, it gave us a code. Right. It gave us a value system. And my issue with love and hip-hop, look, I have no issue with anybody on the come up, anybody hustling. The only issue I have with it is the name of the show. It has nothing to do with love. It, it has does. nothing to do with hip-hop. It That's does. not love. That's it not shows, love. It, and, and we could talk about love later, but damn sure don't got nothing to do with hip hop. It, it really does. Damn sure though. they have rappers on there. I respect uh, Joe Button, Peter Guns, Consequence, and I'll, I'll say I respect them for they rapping because from what right. I hear, there's some shit that goes on in the show that make people very mad at these people. Right? right? I wouldn't know. But what's interesting to me is that they become rappers from that show. It's Peter Guns from Love and Hip Hop. You right. know, it's consequence from love and hip hop. And the women on the show all respected to do the Cardi B because she flipped it. She flipped it and bounced it and rubbed it down. But they can all do that. It's just about how if you show if it, it's about. Well, they can't. Everyone's not meant to be a star. So, no, everyone can't do that. But if you look at the show, it is about love and hip hop. It's just about, you know, love, toxic. Though. It's about toxic relationships. But sometimes you need to see stuff like that. So, you know, to get out of it. Or you need to see behavior like that. Like, I watched an argument, and I was like, oh, my God, that's fucking me on right, TV. Right, but again, you said that the reason that you have that perspective is because you had parents. You okay, were we're talking about that parents, parents to show you the difference. Right. So if you have no parents, if you grow up in a foster home, or your, or your mother's an asshole, your father's a jerk, and you're getting your information from your right, peers yeah, and from TV, 
Right. You, and and if you're someone who doesn't, if you if you didn't, weren't blessed to grow up in in Brooklyn in the '90s, right, right. and know what real hip hop is, you turn on the TV and that says hip hop. You like that's hip hop, nigga. That ain't hip hop. I that gotta, has nothing to do with hip hop. That's you. You're right. It's stories. It's, it's drama. It's so all proper. Stories. It's so proper. It's all that. But that ain't hip hop. They should just call it like hate. And some bullshit. <laughs> and then oh I have God. no problem with the show. I'm Hate like, go get your money, y'all. Hate and music. Hate and some bullshit. <laughs> I got I have I have a I have a rapper uh who <laughs> I'm, that I'm helping out. Uh Veda Pinkett. P E N. She's dope. You gotta oh, check out her Instagram. Oh, cool. And uh literally I'll do things like I I sent her um just yesterday, uh Jay Z and Mary J. Blige. Um can't stop the hustle, right? Mm-hmm. And I just sent it. And she was like, wow, I'm listening. And I sent Biggie one day. Mm-hmm. And I sent another thing. And I sent you. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm going on Talib Kwali. Oh, he's dope. I love Talib. I like I like his wordplay. I was like, Thank God. <laughs> you know Thank what I'm saying? God. Because back in the day when I played ball, you watch other ball players and then you emulate mm-hmm. that and you book, you take their stuff and it makes you better. If you don't know, when I heard the rapper, I'm not going to say his mm-hmm. name, say uh not uh talk about Tupac and uh when you don't know you know I I I feel bad about it but you should know and when you talk about television like in the 80s um they started the television becoming the babysitter mm. they give you a pop tart right latchkey kid generation and they you yeah come home from school your parents is out working mm-hmm. and so you just watching that TV Same. yeah for me it was it was it was for me it was serial and Transformers and G.I. Joe and Little House on Prairie and Brady Bunch. Wow. Ray's was was I when I got home from school. Brady that's Bunch. what we I was watching. We were watching the same exact. I love game shows. So mm-hmm. um, Price is Right. Yeah, I, I would watch the game shows and then I would watch Gigantor. Mm-hmm. And I would I was different. My mom said, do your homework first. We don't have time for you doing homework at night. Mm-hmm. And then when I finished the homework and that was off, I would run out to the park. But by that time, those kids had to be home because I was blessed also to have a mother and father in the house um uh in a project but mm-hmm. it was we were in the house we were definitely like uh good times yeah. but but we were in the project it was it had some white folks in it um <laughs> that was in what year? it was it was a high that rise was early we, 70s so my mom's put in we in best style my mom mm-hmm. said is a lotto for an apartment she puts her name put that the name in 1958 she gets it the second black family in all of Canarsie. Mm. So it's a tiny Jewish neighborhood. Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. And my brother Ron, by the time I was born, had beat up everybody that <laughs> thought of saying the word right. nigga. That's and, the scene in, in Goodfellas, the last scene when he's looking up and he's being chased by the helicopters. Right. That's that neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty slick. Yeah, but keep going. Right. So you get into this, you, you, uh, we were blessed to get into that and I had them to work it. But a lot of cats, they don't have food. Mm-hmm. They don't have, or they don't know what food is. Mm-hmm. They don't know what food is because you can quickly make it. They don't um, have any guidance except uh, what was Mr. Drummond. Right. It was a good thing if All you were going to be of, rich. No, that's you understand what I'm saying? Uh, right. They could the talk what they want to say strokes. about Bill Cosby, mm-hmm. but Bill Cosby had oh, been talking for sure. way before the Cosby show. Mm-hmm. He was yeah, himself. Himself, yeah. The uh, all of the things, Fat Albert and the Cosby kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those, it's just we just had so much more, so much more happens now. So many more things for them to grab to. Like they try to get me to take my daughter's cell phone and computer. 
at 11 o'clock at night. My wife is crazy. My mom, that was, her, <laughs> that was my mom's rule too, senior year. Well, that's, that's the craziest thing in the world. It's like you're not stopping anything. Mm-hmm. You, right. you, 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 you're not going to stop. You can only pr- properly prepare them for what they're about to run into it's, when they leave your, right. your home. Mm-hmm. My daughter Tyler said mm-hmm. when she got to her friends and she, uh, the mom was playing clean records of hip-hop, she was like, you have destroyed it. And I told her that. I said, don't, don't paint the art. You mm-hmm. buy the art, and that's the art. Don't paint the art. If those are the words they use, those are words they use. If I was you, I wouldn't use them in church in front of your teacher. Right. See, it's context. Because they're going to call me. I only got the edited version. To I'm still learning out real words to records to this day. It's like, <laughs> Sometimes wow. the edited version is better creatively, though. I, every once in a while, I, I'll give you an example. Uh, Old Dirty Bastard, Brooklyn Zoo. Yeah. For that record to get on the radio, Old Dirty Bastard and Wu-Tang at that point was super, super punk rock. Right. Like, that shit was so grimy. They was in a video, the first Protect Your Neck video, they had real guns and swords. <laughs> Where you get swords from? You know what I mean? Like, and for real. And they had the, the little uh, ticker at the bottom, because it was yeah. VHS at the bottom of the video. And Ralph McDaniel's talking about, they said, keep that shit in there. You know what I'm saying? But what's, what's interesting about the Brooklyn Zoo record is... RZA had to be so creative. He cursed so much on that record that RZA was using the sword sounds. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and, and the kung fu movies. And because he had to use kung fu sounds and the sword sounds to replace all, all Dirty's cussing, to me, it made the record more sonically vibrant and interesting. Okay, but let me tell you where it doesn't. I love <laughs> Schoolboy Q. Right. And in the song, it says, sucker, 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 or something. Right. Right? It says, when you hear it on the radio here, zigga, 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 zigga. Right. And I said, did that just say zigga, 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 right. zigga? <laughs> Not zigga, 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 something. It said right. zigga, 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 zigga. And I said, did they really <laughs> say that? And I was like, well, I guess it's a better thing. I get that. offended when I hear curse words on the radio. I'm just like, who approved <laughs> you this? Good, you have good parents. Uh, Your name is Clarence. They you were come very from real good parents. Listen, and I thought I was so good, but I still got kicked out. So, you know. <laughs> You got kicked out. My daughter said I kicked her out too. No, you, my mom kicked me out. And parents always say they your children said that you got kicked out, but you probably did. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I, I gave her an apartment in a car and told her she didn't have to pay rent. Oh, that wasn't kicked out. Right. That's, that's kicked in. That's what I said. I was like, I yo. I kicked you in. You I kicked you into you, another You, you oh, gave nah. me an apartment. You didn't let me stay in she, the house. Mm-mm. I was like, chick, I want the apartment. <laughs> you need to get take her. Listen, my mom took my key, threw it across the uh, parking lot. No, she took my key, threw my phone across the parking lot and said, don't come back. That's a kick out. I met her mom. Her mom is a wonderful Oh, she's woman. beautifully sweet now. <laughs> you deserved it. I, 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 <laughs> you deserved it. Yeah, I did. This is people do not do anything just because they don't like you. Oh, that's true. I saw the James Brown movie. It, just, it was just hard time. <laughs> <laughs> um, you were talking about food earlier, and how people yeah. don't know what food is really. No. Um, I saw an interview. I read an interview where you said, "I was literally at twenty seven. I was full of sugar, honey, iced tea." Yeah. Oh. And you said, you know, you know what that is. But then you said later on, no, literally, I was literally full of sugar, honey, and iced tea. Mm-hmm. And you talk about the, the, you know, the sugars and the preservatives and and everything. Um, you are now known as a vegan advocate. Right. Matter of fact, I was telling you upstairs, my good friend and my uh, assistant Donna Dugoda is a fan of yours. Smart lady. Yeah, she's a fan of your vegan activism, and she put me. Uh, in tune with it. And you, mm-hmm. like, for years have been going to Congress. Yeah, you convinced man. Michelle Obama to be a vegan. I tried, man. I tried to even get up in the house. Uh, <laughs> they had an organic farm. 
I was going to play basketball with Obama. I was going to block his <laughs> shot. I was going to block his yeah, shot. Yeah, you be blocking and a lot a of video. shots. <laughs> you know what I want to do? I wanted to block you. a shot and give him a cut above the eye. Oh, so he my had God. To, he'd be like, Sally did that. And that would be in history. The bad boys. Yeah. yeah. But uh, this, this is what happened, <laughs> It man. can still happen. I say now, I said, people are full of some horrible intestinal toxins. Mm. Right? We are full of shit. And... My back was hurting. I had adult acne. It was 1991, and this lady named Dr. Jewel Pukram, I got my first colonic. That means I hydrated my intestines. And when I hydrated my intestines and all of the sugar, honey, and iced tea came out, some horrible intestinal toxins, I literally changed. It's like I woke up. Because mm. this is your mind, and this is your brain, and I literally cleaned my mind. Mm. I cleaned my mind, and I started realizing everything Dick Gregory was saying uh, everything Dr. Sebi was mm-hmm. saying, my deal is I don't say it like them. Those are uh, black men from the 40s and 30s. Mm-hmm. So their their way of talking, uh, Dick Gregory did it best with comedy and interest and kept it on the grassroots. Dr. Sebi sometimes would make you feel bad about not knowing something. Uh, when I was on the radio here, uh, he called me and said, you don't know anything about detox. You need to have me on the show and talk about it. <laughs> I said, what day? What day? Yeah, come like on. what day, bro? Mm-hmm, I'm, I'm begging you to come right. on the show because I wanted people to know it. People of color don't realize every disease that we know, we get the worst of. Mm. Breast cancer with women, if you, a black woman say, oh, I got breast cancer, it's stage four. Black men, oh, I got prostate cancer, it's stage four. Mm. It's, it's for some reason it stays in our body and then all of a sudden said, we can't take it anymore. So when I talk about food, I talk about food as our medicine, medicine, our food. Like just now, I, I came here, I got involved, and now I don't work for anybody, I only work for myself. Okay. So I found a company called SP2 Life. This is not an infomercial, <laughs> it's not, it's not. It's, it's literally the best, most nutritional, um, dense food on the planet. And I literally pop it in water and drink it. And I kept thinking, why did I not know about this? What we did is called Spirella, Corilla, right. Corella. But they dehydrate it and they put it in a powder and they go, this is good for you. And then I remember LeBron was playing in his first championship and he went up and he got cramps and he was on the ground and he slid and everybody thought he hurt his leg, but he just had cramps. Mm-hmm. The worst thing you can do to a professional athlete is dehydrate him. Right. Mm-hmm. So the worst thing you can do to a superfood is dehydrate it. The powders. So I found a people who literally grow it, harvest it, cryo-freeze it, uh, cryotherapy. They freeze it, and then when you pop it in, it's back to life. Mm-hmm. I, I've been on it for like 90 days now, and I literally called the guy and was like, how do I buy into this company? So you're not eating real food anymore. It's so funny. I don't really eat in the morning. I drink that. And you can't have caffeine two hours before taking a supplement, which I didn't know either because your body won't absorb it. And I thought caffeine out of Herba Mete that's naturally is good. It is, but I found out how food works. So from 11 to 2, I eat a lot. You said you put turmeric on everything. Yeah, man. Oh, it I helps put to digest it. Turmeric, guana, banana, soursop, which is soursop, mm-hmm. uh, moringa, none of the things that we knew to put here. And I figured out why a lot, why we have bad health in America and why we only have 400 million people. And why there's 1.2 billion here, 1.3 billion here, to, you know, why is because they want us to live and die. Mm-hmm. They want us to live and die. People have extended like their Tom, life. Thomas Edison's light bulb. Yeah. 
people used to die at 47 mm-hmm. in America. I didn't know that. Yeah. Like the life, you didn't make it to 65. Mm-hmm. And then life expectancy changed in the 40s and the 50s with penicillin. Right. So now people are living longer. Right, but they're living longer based on drugs. Right. And yeah. Bullshit. And they're putting inside you. And so I literally decided I'm going to eat what I supposed to eat drink what I suppose I drink distilled water mm-hmm. uh, people so you shouldn't drink distilled water and I realized I drink distilled water because it cleans everything else I drink um, I drink more than I eat mm-hmm. and when I'm hungry it's fruits vegetables seeds nuts foods vegetables seeds nuts so you don't eat to enjoy food then yeah I, I love vegan this is the why I'm happy I was on the show as a vegan you wake up and what I mean by that is you're conscious right but most people are unconscious or unaware or they don't want to see it. So imagine the same thought you have about the murder and torture and enslavement of animals is the same thought that white folks used to have about slavery. They That's- used to consider us <laughs> they consider us lesser than them and domain and you can you're just my piece of meat. That's a highly evolved way of thinking mm. that a lot of people uh have problems coming around to. Mm-hmm. Um and including myself, I like to consider myself a pretty, you know, intelligent, compassionate person. And, you know, I, I, you know, try not to be har- try not to be harmful to animals in any way. But I also understand people, particularly marginalized people who are in survival mode, not sort of being able to get that. that but piece why? Of it because why are we in survival mode? Well, that that goes back to root causes. Yeah, you know, so that's that's we're talking about poverty. You know, we're we're talking about all all of those things. You know, yeah. we can we can, we can go back. Um, but I know that because of those root causes, that that it's it's harder to get people to understand who are focused on living as human beings that we have to focus on for the sake of living as better human beings, living better as human beings. We also have to focus on making sure animals right. and the, not just animals, but the environment, right. the oceans, all this stuff. And so this is when I say that, when I say they were a lot of people asleep and then when they become vegan, they kind of wake up because you realize everything that you thought was good was only good for the people selling it. Ah, Right. So, so when you, mm-hmm. so I, I give you an example. Uh, I love the way you think my mother was a caterer. Mm-hmm. So she was a kosher caterer on top of that. So I love all kinds of foods. And the thing that I missed was pastrami. Oh my God, I love pastrami. Right, I missed pastrami, but then I realized I just missed pepper. Right, you can just season it right. Right, and there's a seasoning, and I'm not gonna lie, some of that shit is cardboard with barbecue sauce. Not pastrami. And I I don't like it either. Right. But why I went, right, but why I went to vegan is because that just tells you you shouldn't eat dead animals. But then I go into literally almost being raw. And eating just the stuff that you can grow and grab. I was talking to this 800-pound gorilla, and I was like, <laughs> where did you get your protein being a raw foodist? So when you think an 800-pound gorilla is a raw foodist, and they got all of those muscles, why would I eat something dead? Mm-hmm. Like It's like Radio Raheem. Mm-hmm. If you got dead D batteries, it ain't mm-hmm. going to make your box boom. You need D batteries. But to her point, it's, I, you know, because people, you know, we've grown up to to like things like I've read that you love cheese and that was the hardest thing to give up yeah. I also love cheese I have not given up cheese but I will say and you could tell me if this is true I feel like vegan cheese is having a moment 
and yeah. starting to come into his own. Yeah, so I had I was with a company. I'm not going to say their name because we're going to they didn't pay me properly. But oh. I went to another company and we were able to go to 365, which is Whole Foods, and make their vegan cheese. So it's the vegan cheese I'm involved in. But then these two brothers, um, one used to be I think the bass player for Mariah Carey, um, Ian. Okay. He makes a cheese called Misha, and it's off the chain. But it's made with nuts, and I have my nieces can't have any kind of nut. But there's another one out of Brooklyn called Nomu. Uh, and oh, I've you, had that one. And you, when I tell you, there's a place in Brooklyn um, called Slick. Um, oh, my God, it's a vegan cheese. I literally didn't want to leave the pizzeria. I mm-hmm. met another brother in Atlanta called uh, Plant Based Pizzeria. I literally thought, oh, my God, I'm back at Ray's Pizza mm. uh, on 6th Avenue. This is how bad it was. I'm walking down 6th Avenue coming from West 4th Street. I see Ray's Pizza. I cross the street, Talib, and look at right. everything this way. So that you don't have so to. So I didn't go buy it. <laughs> that's, but that's the, but that's you not, smelled it, He's though, highly right? involved. That's a, that's a discipline. It was hard. That has to be. But is there like, okay, so say I'm definitely not doing the raw vegan because I love cooking. But like say for someone that wants to go, you know, not fully into the veganism, but just wants to eat like, you know, maybe 75% better to where they can still have meat once a day. Okay, so you can have meat all the time. You can have the meat of a avocado. You can have the meat of a... <laughs> That's not meat, baby. <laughs> but it's funny that she says that because I remember being in You mean in dead flesh? School. I need dead flesh sometimes. I, I remember being in school and the point that you were making about um, the person who profits off of it, it is who is, you know, that's, that's the, I remember being in school and being like the four food groups and mm-hmm. they're teaching and they're indoctrinating us with it. It's like, right. and that when you go to, when you're, when you're eating public food from the cafeteria, they're like, you have to drink this milk. Mm-hmm. You got to eat this hamburger. You got to add this, 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 you know, yep. we have to have these things. And then when I grew up knowing that I don't need that shit right. and knowing that they were like that, the people I trusted were like, no, you have to have this to be a growing boy. Milk, it does the body good. The, the, the pork industry, you know. The, and the guy the who industry, wrote that. The, and how they got mad. at Remember the beef industry got mad yeah. at Oprah? Oh, then they didn't get mad at Oprah. They showed Oprah how powerful they were. Mm-hmm. They said, oh, we're going to sue you and you have to come to court here. She had to move our whole show and realize we don't care that we're going to lose this. We're making a statement mm-hmm. that you're not as powerful as you think you need. And it's so cool because Oprah's going around now in health and, uh, health and wellness talking about Weight Watchers. And people in her crew are vegans. Is it the meat industry that's going around telling people that the Beyond Meat Burger is filled with all of these calories Impossible and stuff burger. like that? The Impossible Burger. Beyond, because Beyond explain, Meat is who I'm Explain the difference. Oh, I love the Beyond Meat. Because people don't okay, understand so it. It's slightly different. Yeah. Beyond Meat, we uh, it's it has everything that you really would need. Lipids, fats, uh, amino acids, um, and texture is what you're looking for. The Impossible and Burger. And we don't have any GMOs or um, no pesticides, herbicides. The difference with the others, uh, they use GMO uh, vegetables, which is just as bad as eating the bad vegetables yourself. Mm. Right. So, And, what's but the, and what about the coconut oil? Because I've heard okay. that's not good for you. Right. So coconut oil that has been cooked, mm-hmm. not MCT oil that is extracted is good. Now, I tell you this, if you want olive oil, eat the olives. If you want coconut oil, eat the coconut. Uh, right? You need the fiber because your body can then say, oh, I know what to do with this. I know what to do. Your body can only do one thing at a time. So if you give it the decaying caucus, the stuff you like to put. <laughs> What's so, cane caucus? Decaying. decaying caucus. 
Oh, the decaying and cows. <laughs> dead flesh. If you like, I'm like, I don't eat. Right. That. If you like bovine asshole, then this is <laughs> that's I mean, oxtail. So good. Yeah. <laughs> but if you like all of that, it's really you like sugar, because if you liked it, you would eat it raw. And Ooh. and if and if you didn't, you would cook it. You wouldn't put any seasoning on it, and then you'd be in Massachusetts. But seasoning is not <laughs> like they don't come from meat. I mean, no, from- but that's what you like. You like to see, you like but the no, because even when you like, I like tofu for instance. People are like, oh, you can make tofu taste like Who anything. Said that? Everyone says it. Who? My mom said it. She, was she kicked you out the house. What does she know? <laughs> you are. Oh my God, John. I, Sally. I like. I like. I you like. Are so right. I like. I don't like much tofu dishes. I like right. breakfast scrambled tofu. No, right. I, I, I'm, I'm moving, and it's so funny. The tempeh. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that we were pushed in. Uh, and the, and the new food scientists are coming up with it, but Dr. Africa would say, if you want this... Just Dr. Africa? The- yeah. For African holistic health? Yeah. Okay. That kid is... Yeah. He's my new Dr. Sebi, uh, Dick Gregory. Right. I, I used to sell that book back in the day. Um, um, wow. Dr. Sebi, he was very influential and inspirational to Nipsey Hussle. Right. And Nipsey, in turn, inspired you. Right. Now, is it true that you are attempting to maybe open a strip mall... In right. Compton? Yeah, it's with- uh, 546 West Compton Boulevard, okay. Planet Health. Okay, oh. a vegan restaurant. Well, it's funny. On the wall, and because of this interview, I'm going to have to figure out how I'm going to get you on the wall, Talib. Okay. But they had literally, we, and we got every one of the people who we know in pop culture on the wall. N.W.A., the Williams Sisters, Nipsey, uh, Game, Kendrick. We put that for them now. Mm-hmm. And we sell stuff cut, made, downtown. That sounds like the right people on the wall for Compton, though. For Compton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's right next to <clears throat> Dr. Goss, mm-hmm. which is New Body, which has been there since 1972. He's really, that's where I got my herbs. I started with him in 1999. It's two two stores down from it. But I, I found this open lot that was connected to it. And they were like, you can take this lot and make it a parking lot. And I was like, nah. So it's a seven-day-a-week organic farmer's market for oh, local wow. farmers. That's dumb. Because we are in a food desert. I don't want to hear it anymore. Is it going to accept EBT? Yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah. We, we, you know, EBT and dollar bills are all from the same person. Mm. Right? I, I even make black people... And I, let me tell black people this. The majority of people on welfare are not black. Oh, I understand that. But in, in a- right. affirmative action, the highest demographic right. is white women. Yeah. And my, my money says legal tender, right? It's not my money. It's the money I'm holding is U.S. legal tender. Right. So the, the EPT card is the same way. And the best thing and about we ain't it- got, We ain't got the gold to, to back that anyway. Right. right. And it's not real. Right. It's just uh, in between. The only reason we have money, to be honest, is just in case we don't wake up tomorrow. Right. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Banksy Rat. I, um, <laughs> just shredding all the money. <laughs> oh my God, that rat! I know it. Rat. He uh, died from eating money. Watch out. Learn from it. That um, because I know uh, I was at a farmers market by my house. I live in um, well, I live in the Jays, but you know really? the Baldwin. Yeah. Yes, really, she does. She do. came from New York and moved there. <laughs> You came to California. <laughs> Let me tell you, I got my own bathroom in my room. My room is huge, and you know. I, my neighbors look out for me. You're about to get a new paved road. But they haven't given us any kind of health food stores. They haven't given us any Who's juice. They? Uh, the city. Who's they? Whoever's supposed to be giving us. Do this you stuff. live in a social? Do you live in America or do you live in Russia? I live in America. America is built on 
corporations coming in. This is the deal. They're never going to give you anything. Their job is to take taxes. That's why we have to have our own seat at the table. Oh, I agree. Or we have to have our own table. Have our own table. We, you and I yeah. should open up a vegan restaurant, then you can be vegan. Oh, I'm. Oh, and I'm a chef, so I can cook oh, really? vegan. Yeah. How I got him, my boy Roland, mm-hmm. Roland Jackson. He walked up to me in a vegan thing, was like, and I saw him. You know, he was walking like, you know, you know how they walk out here with leg to the side, <laughs> and I'm, I'm looking. Mm-hmm. There's no bulging, and I'm thinking, okay, I probably embarrassed this girl that said something. He gonna say something to me. Wait, wh- so I'm looking left and right, and I'm going, "What's up?" He was like, "I need to holler at you," and I was like, "Oh my god, what did my daughter do now?" Oh no, <laughs> no I'm joking. And I and he was like, "I need you. I'm opening this in Compton, and I need your persona, your energy. I ain't asked you for no money, mm. but I need your direction, your energy, and I need you to be involved in doing this in Compton." I was like, "Deal," because I want to also I want to open in Oakland. I want to open. In Brooklyn, well, you can't open in Brooklyn now. It's too expensive. You've seen what Styles Peace doing with the juice bars, right? I went to Styles. I asked mm-hmm. him. I tried to be in business with him first. Mm-hmm. Soon as I saw that, I got in touch with him, and I was like, how do I get down? Mm-hmm. And he changed the name. He can come there, too. So what I did is I made a big cafeteria mm-hmm. as opposed to, and we got all the bad foods, the pizzas, the hamburgers, the brats, the French fries, the mm-hmm. chili fries. French fries are chi- bad uh, um, you so understand this. I did not saying they're bad, but McDonald's owns a patent. Is the only company to own a patent on a vegetable, and that's a potato. Their potato, eleven hundred grams of sugar. So as mm. soon as you cook it, it becomes sugar. So you just feed your pre-diabetes. That's why it's so goddamn good. Not, yeah, like maybe like the McDonald's fries never, is crack. No, hey, it is. I passed by McDonald's like this too. You I haven't eaten McDonald's in a minute because my um, boo doesn't eat McDonald's. So I was like, all right, I'm going <laughs> to go on a non-eating McDonald's thing. But I was saying, I forgot what I was saying, but like the farmer's markets, the first time I saw that they offered EBT, I, I was like, okay, they are making a step to uh, close that food gap because people that don't have money mm-hmm. to get, you know, fresh vegetables and stuff like that, now they can go to a farmer's market. You know, we've always had money. Let me tell you why I, I did. I'm not, I agree. But let me tell you what I disagree with. Okay. So I'm from Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. I'm from a project in Brooklyn. And then there's another project called Brookline. And mm-hmm. behind Brookline Project, right on the L, there was a condemned house, right? And it was burnt out or whatever. And behind it, all these people from South Carolina, my mother included, literally took out plots and planted their own food. Mm. And then I started realizing that it's so much cheaper to be a vegan than it is to eat meat. Because when you eat a dollar hamburger or a taco or and you go, well, I just had to get something in my in my body. You put plastic into your body. So you really mm-hmm. are prolonging or moving your death to later. So it's cheaper to have something that gives you subsidence than to give put something in your body that's going to predate your cancer. And that's exactly why we need healthy fast. This is why we need to go to Planet Health Conference. That's why we need the information because it's about what you don't know. You're paying for what you don't know. Mm -hmm. People don't know that. Um, And that's what Styles P is focused on. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, shout out to Styles P, man. And and shout out to all that good work you're doing on that front. It's very important for our people. Um, Did you like the locks when they first came out? Absolutely. So why did no one understand how dope they were? Mm. I think they did. I think, you know, I I was listening to, um, uh, there's a, there's a, uh, Pusha T record where he talks about himself in the third person mm-hmm. uh, and one of the one of the bars he says I, I I grew up on that crew from Yonkers 
And for when Pusha T says, well, I grew up on that crew from, from Yonkers, everybody who know hip-hop you know he talk mm -hmm. about the locks. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, when, they, when the locks went against Bad Boy, the streets had the locks back, you know? Now, so I didn't understand that either. Like, mm -hmm. I understood that Bad Boy had Craig Mack and it was great. Uh. Mm -hmm. But that was only to bring out Biggie and then not work so with Craig, Craig Mack. Mack. Was, Craig Mack, I remember in, in 92 or 93, uh, Puffy was at the New Music Seminar. Mm -hmm. He had the Big Mac. Right, and it was like the Big Mac. Speaking of McDonald's, it was the <laughs> McDonald's Big Mac Styrofoam. Remember the Styrofoam joint? Mm -hmm. And you opened it up, and it's a I bun. And when you open up the bun, it's a cassette tape. One side was flavor in your ear, and the other side was juicy, or maybe some other Biggie song. I don't remember which one it was, but Flavor in Your Ear was out before Biggie. Right, five hit. months. Uh, Biggie had the the song who's on the Who's the Man soundtrack, the Party and Bullshit, mm -hmm. but there was no juicy. And so Flavoring Year hit, and then Juicy hit. When Juicy hit, Biggie took it. Remember how big Craig Mack was? Right. For a couple months, Biggie took over. But then they came with the Flavoring Year remix that extended Craig Mack for a little bit, you know. But after that, that's when Bad Boy, Bad Boy exploded. So then you get, you know, Black Rob and the Locks, and, and, and then they're doing records with DMX, and it's this whole New York thing. And then, and then Jada kissing them, the mixtapes was popping because Jada kissing them start battling Beanie Siegel and them. So now you now you listening to Absolute and all these mixtape DJs and oh what's Beanie's what Beanie's gonna say about Jadakiss? What is Dials P gonna jump in? But then Bad Boy got Biggie fun. passed away, mm -hmm. you know, and they made those records. We'll always love Big Papa, you know. It was it that was a huge blow to that crew. And then they had to they had to step in and fill the void. Puffy became an artist to fill the void that was missing from Big. You know, but it was Jada Kiss and Sheik and Styles and them that was writing those lyrics for Puff at the time. Right, I loved, I loved them. Yeah. I, when I tell yeah. you, you that, can tell me I wasn't a part of Kanye that. Kanye said, "Yo, man, it's hard." What he said, uh, trying to move, Bro, the trying locks. to move, break the locks. Yeah, I'm telling you, I, I was like, man, no locks, one's yeah. hearing this. No one's hearing. But you want to just a little bit for you? Diddy had come, and uh, they had introduced me. Tonya Davy, Tonya uh, Savant mm -hmm. uh, had introduced me um, to Diddy and. You know, I was going to invest in Bad Boys. He was a bad boy. I played for the mm -hmm. Bad Boy. Heavy D was my best. Shout out to Heavy. Rest Hev, in peace to Heavy That was one of my, yeah. my mom's, oh my my mom's favorite, favorite, favorite thing. No and, doubt. And, and I was going to, and I had made the little logo, and I was wearing the posters. Mm -hmm. I just was ready to quit basketball and be like a music mogul. I was going to be a... Uh, I was going to be my man Kaiser before Kaiser. <laughs> I just talked to Kaiser the other day. I love you, Kaiser. Why don't you <laughs> drop an album? You keep talking about you my wanted to be a music. My daughter's an artist and all this. I, I don't... I don't have the balls. I realized that when I, I swear to God, that's why I'm so enamored by what you do. I don't have the balls to be that kind of artist. And I realize, I real, you got to realize when you're good at something and I can, I can, I got lyrics. I, you know, I can rap. Um, I can rap to girls. <laughs> I, I know different cadence. And when I would do it, I would do it nothing. But when I realized, but imitating uh, Timmy Hall from the Bronx, I had gone up to watch him, and I have a photographic memory. So every word he said, I wrote down. I went back to my project and was rhyming it. I was the best in my but project. But you can't do everything. You can't be the the, the NBA getting the chip, vegan activist. You, that, you know, you rap about leave, that. Leave me something, bro. I, like, leave I, me something. But I don't understand you how y'all remember all the words. You can do vegan raps for kids. I, how no. about, talk about the vegan wine real quick. Okay, so I had a wine called the Vegan Vine. Wine. And the reason I had it is because it was the largest label with the word vegan on it, and they line it up so when you went by it, it was my way of being an advocate because 
definitely no steak eaters who drink wine was buying it. <laughs> and I didn't know. I did a thing that's called I had no idea. The making of wine, when you crush the grapes, it's called the fining. And it comes down in the in the in the liquid are little particles. So they would throw something on top of it as they stirred it, which would make all of those particles, I think it's congregate, into one area and then mm-hmm. they scoop that out. They use casein, which is milk, isinglass, mm-hmm. which is uh the bellies of uh um, sturgeons. Or, or yeah, what's I have no idea. A lot of yeah. people don't have any wait, idea. Wait. That, that, it doesn't that, have pork in it. I'm right? thinking that wine yeah. is vegan because you think no. it's just great. Not all of them. Seven, yeah. seven different um, vineyards still make it that way. But you use you're supposed to use uh, uh, clay, uh, uh, benzonite clay, and that is how they normally made it. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I found that out, I was like, "Wow, this is pretty cool that you use egg whites and all this stuff." Wow. And you don't have to. So we didn't. We were a sustainable uh, vineyard, which means we didn't bring anything from outside into the vineyard. It's mm-hmm. up in St. Martin. I'm working with Isaiah Thomas on his uh, champagne now, okay. which is also vegan. Okay. So wow. that was pretty slick. And it was a way of me getting in because it's easy. If I get you drunk, then you might want to taste some of the nasty. comedian in here. Right. right. Gives you Dude, some of you. Like, this is great wine. And you say, hey, taste, taste this. Oh, this is right. good. Crackers and cheese. Oh, this is a great cheese. And it's not real cheese. I get you. That's my one day of getting man, you to wake up. It's just about, I, sometimes I need a steak, man. Just sometimes. You said you had a boo. Right. You need some iron? I'm going to eat steaks, that. Smothered in underwear. Wait, what? Don't worry. You'll get that joke later when <laughs> you hear back. That was nasty. Um, you were in um, Bad Boys 1 and 2. I made it a great movie. No, yeah. <laughs> Are you in Bad Boy 3? No, because I got this new show, L.A.'s Finest, with Gabrielle and Jessica, mm-hmm. which is also produced by Jerry Buckheimer. Mm-hmm. I got that check. Nobody but Will and Martin are in the new one. Okay. Whole Gemini Man, just a shout out. I thought we when you said Jefferson, I was going to the other side because mm-hmm. um doing something with my guy over Verizon's in augmented reality. Mm-hmm. And you could literally, you know, they did it with Brad Pitt and Benjamin Button. People don't realize it. Yeah. But then Will took it this to a different level. Yeah, what Will's doing with the, like his Instagram post is just crazy. He's with a Libra, yeah. man. It's just like... It's now, him. he's a guy that literally... I've been around him since we were 16, 17. Wow. I, I, the most, I would say next to Nipsey, Will Smith is my now my motivation. The fact that he said, and I said this to my wife, um, I've been married for like 26 years. Well, she's been married 26 years. I'm just oh trying it out. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, I'm just trying it out. It's, it's, it's okay. She's there all the time. I don't know what that's about. Uh, but being happy. No one else should make you happy. It's your job to make you happy. If you feel it's somebody else's job to make right. you happy, you're selfish. That's, that's, a, that's a bar right there. Yeah, yeah, they said that they were talking about relationships, like that, how they last, because it's like you have to make you happy. You can't rely on your partner. That's, right. that's the thing. Most people miss uh, relationships in, in America in the sort of Puritan mm-hmm. tradition of marriages, ownership. Ownership. Yeah, I own you. I own your time. I own your energy. And we have to move away from that. That's destroying people. Who mm-hmm. gives? Who gives this woman away? Right. Remember, I had all of that, and my wife said, but then they talk about uh, fidelity. And I was like, yeah, I love fidelity. It was a great speaker. speaker. (laughs) See, what this is called is high five. (laughs) I got a high five system. Which I still uh, have. Shout out to Don Cheadle. That's his line for Boogie Nights. It's so crazy Um, because Will Smith has like, 
you know, uh, Uncle Phil was like the father that everyone looked up to, whatever. And now it's like it's Will, Will Smith is like everybody's, Uncle Phil, Uncle everyone's Will. father. Or yeah. I don't even think he, I think he surpassed the Uncle Will. I think he's just like either father or bae. Well, Uncle is like, Uncle is like the OG shit. He's zaddy. Yeah. Is that what it is? Zaddy. He's either zaddy or bae. <laughs> I don't like to say zaddy. It's just. <laughs> I've heard you speak positively about the moves that uh, Jaden is making too. Oh, Big with yeah. the water and the, and the food, uh, vegan food trucks. Yeah, man. It was, and he did it because it needed to be done. And it got, I was with Omar. So funny, I was, Omar, who's been with them forever, was literally eating at a vegan restaurant. I stopped to get some food in. And he was like, yo, we want to talk to you about a couple other things, the cannabis things you're doing. Because I'm going to give you all the information because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I took all the arrows. Um, but I was getting into water as well. Uh, and this huge idea and this huge breakthrough they were like, well, we want you to do this. Well, I said, nah, I'm going to give this to Jaden because he literally was doing it before anybody else mm-hmm. really thought what to do. And the crazy thing is, what was that movie, The Big Short? Yeah. They asked the guy, they go, what's the next big thing? He was like, water. Water. <laughs> and I listen to movies because they tell us what's coming. Right. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Most Def. 20 years ago, he made New World Water. Mm-hmm. Put that on his album. Most Def was rapping about water shortage on the planet when most people was rapping about the big chain. Yeah. Yeah, he was early with that. Um, you were also in one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh. Black Dynamite. Oh my God. I got <laughs> was that I as loved that movie. Was that as fun as it looked to do? This was a trip when Mike was explaining it and I got there and they were dressing us and I looked at Brian McKnight mm-hmm. and I said, Oh That scene right there? He and I said, I want to look like you ever noticed back in the day too? You see how well manicured your beard is. Uh-huh. Back in the day, <laughs> shout out to JC the barber. Yeah, back in the day, they mustache was like Michael Jordan's. Right. It was just everywhere. It was like seventies. <laughs> uh, yeah, porn pussy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love that too. They didn't have the God. Products. I love hair. I just have to part it. Anyway, um, <laughs> Some of my jokes actually. So true. We colonized uh, the pussy. Yes. <laughs> but uh, when I was Red doing sea. it. And we were going through it. Arsenio was, everybody was funny. Mm-hmm. I just talked to Tommy Davidson, too, doing the show. You got to have him. Chris Spencer's in that movie, too, right? Shout out to everybody. Chris Spencer. Yeah. Tommy Davidson. Uh, oh, my God. It was, and you can make your own stuff. So me and Byron McKnight, mm-hmm. because, you know, I'm in acting class every Wednesday. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Well, not now, but because I, I travel on Wednesday. But I was in acting class every Wednesday because I was serious about the craft, right? Right. And the cool thing is it was therapy to me because I didn't I wasn't John Sally in acting class. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to be John Spider Sally, don't you know who I think I am? Mm-hmm. I was whatever the character was. And they focused Ivana Chubbuck kept saying it, be the character. Mm. Me, Meth, and Red had the same acting teacher. And you know, Meth was like, oh, I don't want to deal with her. Me and Red was like, give me more knowledge. And I realized because Meth already had it. I was trying to learn how mm-hmm. to be a character, but he always played similar characters. I wanted to be all right. these different characters. I did and, a, I did Lasso G with Meth and he was giving me a lot of good advice. But keep going. Yeah. It's just, you you have to go in and and take that part and move into it. So Brian McKnight and I are sitting around and we're going over our lines and they literally cut our lines until you got to keep watching in the credits. Now, I've seen I've seen the the the, the there's the was the bootleg came out first. Everybody mm-hmm. had the bootleg with the longer scene. Mm-hmm. And then when the official came out, that scene was cut down. Right. My name is Kotex. Yeah, Kotex. You know, I go up in them hoes. That's what I did. Captain Kangaroo Pimp. Arsenio naming all the, all the pimps. Oh, he was hilarious, man. Yeah. I, I love A. Movie. But it's funny that you talked about 
getting into the character, um, when Common was doing his thing, uh, he he kind of quit music and immersed himself in, in the acting world, moved yeah. to Hollywood, made the relationships, went to the classes, went to the auditions. I auditioned, I went to, on a bunch of auditions. I auditioned for Tropic Thunder. Wow. I auditioned for Benjamin Button. Benjamin Button? Uh, yep, I auditioned for that. And I, I, I was trying to take, I was taking that seriously as I thought I needed to. I was reading the entire script. I wasn't just reading my part. Oh. You know, so I, I remember I've, I read the scripts for these things. I'd go into auditions and I'd see actors, working actors that were on TV working in mm. the room. And I'm like, he got an audition too? Mm-hmm. And I was like, and I, I just, I wasn't common. I didn't have it in me. Like, I, I was like, I was like, he gonna get this part. I'm not even gonna waste my time until I'm ready to commit. Right. Like he's like this working actor, he got to still audition. I'm not committed like that. No, you know? and then this is the crazy when you mentioned Common, I I grabbed him and was like, I love that it's like Dana. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. like Queen Latifah. Mm-hmm. Queen Latifah is is you talking about Renaissance? She can sing, she yeah. can rhyme, she yeah, can produce, absolutely. she can smack you, she can do mm-hmm. whatever she wants to do. She can she can play. She can play a lesbian. She can mm-hmm. play a love interest. She can play a mama. Mm-hmm. It's it's her Every just character. going ahead and getting that done. Common literally goes in and he, I don't even see him as a rapper mm-hmm. when I see that. And that's what I like. I like when I can go in and I don't see the other persona. I see mm-hmm. what they're giving me. Yeah, I like man. that. Time. Shout out to Common. He went to FAMU. Boom. Oh, really? Did you yeah. graduate from FAMU? Yeah. I went to that school. You went to FAMU? I went to FAMU. I'm surprised all of y'all are not in jail. That is a small <laughs> town Listen, to have some black folks in. I Dead Prez come from, they met at FAMU. Really? Uh, Phil Agnew started the Dead Prez. Shout out to Dead Prez, yeah. vegan for life. No doubt. <laughs> Be healthy, y'all. I you like know. that. Um, so just to wrap up this conversation, mm-hmm. I want to revisit the Africa thing. Yes. Because you slipped that in there. But I didn't know you were moving to Africa. Yeah, man. So I'm doing six months in Los Angeles and and as many day I'm trying to hit every, all 50 countries mm. um, that allow me in. I'm going to you Ghana. You talked to Bay about that world passport. Yeah. <laughs> but this cool thing is, you know they grow the best weed in Africa in Ghana. Mm-hmm. I just found that out. So it's, too it's hot a to perfect place for there. me. No, in Jamaica too, right? It's they too go, hot. No, it's never too hot for weed. Man, I'll pass out. Oh, you can just chew you it. Live in Los just Angeles. eat it. It doesn't get super hot. Right. No, but you're black. <laughs> and Miami was really hot, and I smoked weed, and I literally passed out. So I tried That's to stay heat and weed. Yeah, you had that bad weed. But <laughs> I, the reason I'm moving, to, the reason I said that is I was watching Akon. Shout this out to is, Akon. This, this is, this is going to be maybe a little controversy. He's into that, that space, too. with the Right. Yeah. But the little controversy about it is, they want the Congo with lights. Mm-hmm. The reason they want the Congo with lights because the only way they can see what's under the ground is if they're allowed to light it mm-hmm. so the, so satellite can see it. Keep lights out of the Congo. Because as soon mm. as the Congo goes, then the then the rest of it is in trouble. Mm. But the but trying to make it where it's like part of the regular world, um, I like. I like going in. I took my daughter to Jamaica for the first time and she had never seen, this is true, 
black people as the newscasters, mm-hmm. black people as the president, black people as the secretary of state, right. black people as the pilot. It's like that scene from uh, when we were kings where Ali is on the plane. He was like, right. I got black pilots. Right. Yeah. It happened to me when I went to Atlanta, Georgia. I went there. Oh, I love that. That's Atlanta. the real Wakanda. Yeah. I was love like, Atlanta. why there's no, and my coach was white. I said, man, there's no white folks in this town. Mm-hmm. He was like, it's 85% black. And then he mm-hmm. said this, the mayor's black. And it was right. Andrew Young. I said, right. I got to meet him. Because, right. you know, I thought I was big time. He goes, hey. we got you meeting the mayor. Mm-hmm. And I, I go, we're going to go to room, get freshened up. You've been on a flight. I get out, call my mother. I said, I'm going to Georgia Tech. She mm-hmm. goes, did you see the school? I said, I don't need to see the school. Right. I'm going to see the mayor. I'm going to see the mayor and I'm in Atlanta. Do you know what's happening to Spelman? Right. <laughs> okay, I'm, right. Going to, I'm going to be somebody's daddies. <laughs> oh, my God. But, but I'm going to Africa mm-hmm. because I think we should go home. Mm-hmm. Even though this is our home, Italians can go to Italy. Mm-hmm. Remember that scene? When, when he goes back and he's walking to his town and he's finally tracing the steps of his father, I we can't do that. Right. So I want to set that up. I want to go get the land and say, maybe in 100 years, my dad did this or my great-grandfather did this, and it doesn't have to be here where if you don't pay your taxes, they sell it. It'd be back there with real roots and real homegrown weed. I'm bringing seeds. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Society tries to lead you to believe that Africa is not beautiful. Not just black people, it's black people and white people. And they'll say, go back to Africa, and then we'll take it as an insult. Like, oh, I don't want to go back to Africa. And it's like, Africa is a beautiful place to go back to. It's your roots. Like, why would you not want to go back there? You know, main reason for that is the first people to touch the into the Americas were the Spaniards and their slaves. And they landed in a place called Charleston and... It's called a Gully Islands, which they still have. Gully people. Right. They still have it. And they st- every year they're trying to take them off this island. There's a movie called Daughters of the Dust. Greatest thing in the world. Yeah. Greatest movie ever. A must watch. I love Tyler. <laughs> Damn, I love this cat. I just be writing down notes. Yeah, man, you got it. But, but So we are home. Mm-hmm. Europeans are visiting. Mm-hmm. We are home. We're closer to native. We, are, we were here first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Spaniards didn't like it. It was too damn hot. They left. And left them on the island. Uh, so we are home. But going to Africa, we have been designed to think um, lesser. we designed to think of crime. Mm-hmm. You know what somebody told me? Man, crime is uh, up 20% in Johannesburg. I was like, dude, you can't go to Calson here in Los Angeles and not put uh, uh, something by the door so some white somebody's going to come by and kill you. Like mm-hmm. this is the most dangerous place on the planet, mm-hmm. America. Period. Right. Everything else, mass shootings, n- nothing else stuff. compares to this. Place. Yeah, mm-hmm. nothing. I'm telling you, if you don't believe me, living my life, there's nothing, <laughs> nothing more dangerous wow. in this place. Ladies and gentlemen, the People's Party, John South. Amen. <laughs> JS, baby. Go vegan. <laughs> <laughs>